You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Big Show continuing here on your Friday morning, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, wet basement. We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Calgary Flames game day. It's brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Uh, pre-game will go with uh, Pat Steinberg at 4 p.m. He'll be on the air at 2 o'clock with Flames Talk. And then uh, Puck Drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson goes a little bit after 5 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, uh, one of two games on the NHL slate this evening. Uh, big one tomorrow here in town. Uh, Cavalry FC play their uh, CPL semifinal against Pacific FC. Winner moves on to Hamilton take on Forge in next Saturday's CPL final. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, and we're joined by the head coach and general manager of Cavalry FC, Tommy Wielden Jr. Tommy, thank you so much for joining me on Friday on this Friday morning. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on, Pat. Not a problem, Tommy. Let's uh, well, let's let's revisit last uh, last weekend just before we get into to the rest of the things. You know, lost two one to Forge. Uh, you know, it was it was the, the first goal. It, it was an accident. You know, Shami Shom trips. The ball goes off his foot. You know, leads to a corner. That corner's taken. You know, Marco Carducci punches it, but it goes off Jesse Daly's head and into the back of the net. And just like that, you're down one nil. You know, I thought you know the first 20, 25 minutes, I was really dominant play from your group. Uh, just uh, your observation of uh, what went wrong there on Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> a really good synopsis. Actually, I think it was. <laughs> Uh, not taking our opportunities and then gifting them one. Like uh, in in playoff games, you've almost got to play just flawless football. And uh, we had our chances, you know, half chances, and, and didn't capitalize on that. You know, really good. We came out well first twenty minutes. Had we scored, I think it's uh, we're talking about a yeah. different game. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate. And you know, moments like these actually just give the boys some reps because it didn't go well. And what I felt afterwards, and we talked about it, they scored in the 29th minute. We still got 15 minutes plus until half time. We had control of the ball, but we didn't control the game. And this is what we talked about with the lads. So we had a bit of bad luck, didn't respond, and then I tried to make a readjustment second half, had two attacks, and then their one ends up in the back of our net with a terrific goal from Becker. So suddenly now you've got a mountain to climb and you know climb it we did and we and we kept going kept going i thought the the way we finished the game give yeah. us hope going into this next one because you know this is not a side that quits we don't lose very often um but we don't quit and and that's that's something that we said about you know now having the reps going into pacific game what happens if there's a bad call bad moment bit of magic from their side how are we going to respond because you know we can't predict to be scoring first like we have a lot of the season we've got to find that bit of magic, bit of moments to be able to respond if things don't go our way. Did it feel like, you know, in hockey and maybe in baseball, you have the terms of, you know, squeezing the stick too tight or squeezing the bat too tight. Like you just, you just, you know, you're trying, but you know, you're trying so hard that you're, you're making up a little, you know, the mistakes maybe creep into the game. Was it, was it the case of, Hey, the, the guys were just maybe, you know, like the, the playoff nerves kind of creeped in that they're just maybe a, trying a little bit too much. Uh, on Saturday, or is it just you know like just you know this is just a game? This is a good quality club that we we're playing against, and, and you know and they just beat us. Well, it could have been. I mean, yeah, for Forge, Forge are probably playing on that one. They they want to get to Concacaf again. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. get to go this year, and 
you know, they came in, saw us lifting the trophy. They were extra motivated. And I think you heard that in Kyle Becker's post game, you know, for them, this was a massive game. And perhaps that was one because we've had such a dominant end of the season. We probably, you know, there might have been a, you know, an element where the lads are like, okay, if we just keep going, things will go our way. But actually that doesn't work in football all the time. Yeah. That doesn't work in sport. It doesn't work in life. You know, you actually just have to play, be grounded, play the game in front of you and respond to what's happening in front of you. And uh, they just add that edge. And sometimes you need a bit of luck in those games. They got it. We didn't. But, you know, I reminded the lads, nothing's changed. We're mm -hmm. still two games away from lifting the double. So our, our, the reality is the narrative is still in our hands. And we've actually got a bit of luck in terms of we actually get to have a second bite of the cherry. Exactly. We've earned our luck through our regular season successes. So let's use it. So Pacific's the opponent, uh, second time in three weeks. They've been playing a lot, obviously. You know, they've, mm -hmm. they've traveled almost 13,000 kilometers uh, just in the last week or so from going out from Victoria to Halifax, back to Victoria, and then, uh, you know, playing, uh, getting ready to play Calgary or Cavalry on, on Saturday. Like, do you see that as an advantage? You know, this team is, uh, you know, they, they've been playing a lot, you know, but they've been rolling. Like, they have that playoff momentum. How do you want to approach uh, a team that's, you know, has a lot of football? They've been playing a lot over the last couple of weeks, but, you know, they've also got that playoff momentum behind them. Yeah, we approach it with respect. I mean, they're a terrific side. Um, I know we've had a really good regular season against them, but the playoffs are different. They're one-off games, and you know they've gone to tough places. After losing to us 3-0, they went and had a, a tired but resilient performance and a win against York midweek. Yep. Then they've traveled all the way to Halifax, and you know everyone's expecting the way Halifax played to, to have bopped them, and, and they didn't, and they, and they won. So it does make you stronger. And uh, by all accounts, they've arrived in Calgary early. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think they, they'll be recovered and ready. So we've got to be prepared to face their best version and maybe even a better version than we face this year. So I think that makes for a terrific semifinal. That's what this league's about is, you know, I've always said that the regular season should be, you know, something that's meaningful. And I think every game this year in the most competitive season has been. And this new playoff format is exciting. You've now got the, they've got the, the hardest road away, but they're trying to create this story and narrative. Mm -hmm. you know, for us, they've got to come through us. And, you know, at Hill Field in front of our fans, we were disappointed to lose in front of them last week. We want to make sure this is our last game at Spruce Meadows in 2023. So we want to make sure we leave on a high here. One, we're getting to the final. Um, uh, and two, we leave on a winning record. Mm -hmm. Uh, Emil Gazdov, uh, Pacific's young keeper, he's been on quite a run. Uh, you guys were able to get three by him, obviously, that you mentioned at the end of the year there. But, you know, the last, you know, that's the last goals he's allowed. He's kept clean sheets. Uh, you know, the, the, how do you approach a, a young keeper? I know, like, you know, they, they replaced him with, like, Cal Irving was their guy last year. This is a new guy in town here with, with a young Emil Gazdov, under 21 minutes. But is, is there a way you want to approach his, his type of net? Like, is it, is it the shots on target? type thing it's just how do you want to approach a, a younger keeper that maybe doesn't have the the experience well do you know what i think sometimes when you are a young player and we've seen that with gote and tigney and mile henry and gareth smith doyle they play with this wonderful sense of freedom you yeah. know the game hasn't given them many hangovers so they've they, they're playing on this free will and i think that's what's happening with gazdov is you know he's, he's gone from licking his wounds here and then gone back to back clean sheets that that happens but you know is he going to go back-to-back-to-back to back to back clean sheets. Well, not in our house. And with the attackers we've got with Maya Bevan, who's a golden boot, you've got Sergio Camargo, you've got Ali Musi, Willie Akio, you've got threats from set plays. We've got to make sure that we look at all ways of scoring goals. And, you know, I do think their first goal is very, very important in this, in this game. And should we score it, it'll be interesting if they go back to old habits or they find a different level. But, 
Oh, that's a beauty about this game is it's going to be a great 90 minutes or maybe even 120 minutes of football. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to make for an entertaining game because it's the only game left on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think there'll be a lot of eyes watching us. And I think we've just got to relish these opportunities. Uh, Frazier Aird, he's uh, he's a special player. You know, he's mainly featured off the bench. He brings you that. He's brings so much experience. You know, he had that really bad injury early last year that, that took away his first year as a Cav. Um, but, you know, he had that crazy goal against Pacific earlier this year, back in July. You know, how great is it to have uh, have this, uh, you know, former Rangers guy? He's got experience, but just mm. having him uh, around your group, how has he been? Yeah, do you know what? He's a terrific pro, and I think that's the best way to look at it. He's a great personality, but he's got those moments on the pitch that are different. You know, he's had the breakaways against York as well, and the volley that I think it was against Pacific, yeah. where we've, we've worked a really nice move, but... The likes of him and Ben Fist that have often jumped off the bench give us that bit of experience, give us that quality when the game gets stretched out. And then you throw in your Mile Henrys, your Gareth Smith, and even Joe Mason mm-hmm. for his experience that came off. It puts us in a good stead for, for what this game brings. But what Fraser does have, he has this great energy and enthusiasm and he affects people around him. He's got a terrific passing range, which is a bit different than you know some of the other players in our team. And that's uh, that's the beauty of it. And whether he comes off the bench or whether he starts in this game, you know, we'll train today and, and see what we feel is our best strategy. But he's a, he's a great character around the locker room as well. Some guys uh, nominated for some hardware, yourself included, manager of the year, Dan Klomp, defender of the year, Marco Carducci, goalkeeper of the year, still waiting on, on player of the year. I'm thinking maybe we might see one more Cav in there, possibly. But you Possibly two. Yeah, possibly two, exactly. So, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, you know. I'll leave so, that with you. Oh, okay. I, I think I know my, who those two might be, but uh, yeah. we'll leave it. We'll see what uh, what they post on later today with the socials, but just having those like uh, those awards, those accolades, you being nominated, it's obviously a great sense of accomplishment for for what you guys have done this year. But do you really like? Do you take a sense of, like obviously you take the pride in, in winning those awards and and being nominated for them? But just just talk about just having so many guys nominated for the awards this year. Yeah, and it's it's obviously very flattering and and somewhat humbling because it has been probably the. The, the the most competitive league of all the five seasons and uh, one to have won it with as many points after you know dropping points at the start of the season shows that we're very good in that long race um, two it gives us big players now going into these meaningful playoff games as well to have lifted that first piece of silverware and you know to get your Marcos your Dan's and and even Maya Bevan that got the golden boot yep. uh, myself yep. included for 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 Coach it's a reflection of the teammates so the teammates that are bought into you know having to have that little bit of resilience and believe in you know we talk a lot about trust in the process we believed we wanted to be a bit different this year we wanted to be a bit more controlling of the game with our possession and creative we scored the most goals and can see the least so everybody's bought into it in the training ground and then you know as for me for the coach of year you know i'm not here without you know the work of leon apka nick ledgewood mm-hmm. daniel hutchins our video analyst jake davis our coach and our sports science and medical team these these guys are a part of the coaching community. So, you know, should I achieve that award? It's a large part to the yeah. team around me, really. Of course. Uh, year five, man, almost in the books here. Mm-hmm. Cavs for you in this league. Uh, you know, I think we look across the league. It's doing pretty strong. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe a little question marks where, where York might end up next year and where they're going to go. But like, just did you ever think, you know, when you came to this city, you know, like 25 plus years ago that, that the, that you would have that, that soccer, that football would be at its level. It is in this, in this country. 
No, it was brilliant. My, my dad came first in 2001. I came to visit him and you know came to work, I think, as a, as a technical director of Calgary Storm, the then yeah. PDL that was becoming a, a, a USL uh, side. And you know, I came over in 2002, ended up playing and, and run a bit, bit similar to what Nick Ledgewood's doing now in the community and running camps and clinics and still trying to grow it. You know, to play a couple of years, I just felt I was actually, one, uh, surprised at the quality of, of the players around us. And it was great, you know, back then you had good local players like yeah, Jamie Levine's and yeah, Conrad Chalas and Liam De Silva's and Jordan Gillespie's guys that are still, you know, here in Calgary now. And they've been great because we have we still have a little staff chat, or sorry, a group chat. Yeah, yeah. Talk about, you know, how it's grown. And now they're supporters of the game because... You know, now we've got media. Now we've got social media. Now we've got unbelievable ownership groups, not just uh, one person. You know, I, I actually had um, lunch with Mike Bandale, the former owner out in Halifax, where he now lives, uh, when we went out there. And yeah. The reflection of what's happened in the last 20 plus years has, has been remarkable. And, you know, it's great to see now, you know, when we lifted the North Shield, the kids that were running on and you, you speak to a lot of people that say, you know, this is what's inspiring them. And, you know, now a friend of mine works at the Edge School, Adam Rickwood, and he texts me at an open house. He said, you know, he asked a kid who's, who's from Germany what their favorite team is and expecting them to say a Bayern Munich or Dortmund without pause. They said Cavalry FC, and <laughs> you're seeing the logos and the stickers, and I think that's the impact. So, you know, irrespective of, of what happens on the weekend with the playoffs, this game's growing. And, uh, yes, there's going to be a couple of clubs like your Edmontons and, and that, that haven't quite been able to get that support yeah. or ownership or community connection well, we have and I think that's how the MLS started in the you know mid 90s yep. and had to survive before it thrived we've had two years of a pandemic mm-hmm. you know and, and I think it's hard to grow but the World Cup's coming in 2026 you know things are happening it's growing in this country and you know I think we're seeing that now more and more in, in, in some of the stadiums. CONCACAF Cup, you, you were just thinking February is when you guys are going to be starting up. Have you heard how the whole format will work? It's obviously different this year. Like, mm. Do they want to keep teams like in the first round closer together without the travel? Or is it just like, hey, we could be down in Mexico, we could be down in Miami, we could be in Nashville, we could be in Jamaica. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Have you heard how that process is going to be worked, like when the draw is going to be done? Yeah, I think the draw will be done December 13th, 14th. Then. Okay. They're looking at mid to late February being the first round of games, and uh, that's us. So I think what we have to do is now is have a shorter off-season than we have before, probably bring the guys back you know, early January, mm-hmm. um, give them a really good off-season program, and I think that's it. So, we, I mean, we've got to make sure that we plan strategically to bring the boys back in, compete, whomever we're facing. It could be cruisers all the way in the first game or, you know, we could be out in Costa Rica or Jamaica, whoever comes out of the Caribbean side. But yeah, that draw will be around, I think, the 14th of December okay. is what I heard. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll know then. And yeah, we'll be back earlier January, which I think most of the guys are hungry to compete in that next tournament. And that was always our objective. Let's win some silverware. Let's get to CONCACAF. There's two spots there and one of them mm-hmm. has to have our name on. Now we've done that. Now we're hungry for the double. We're just getting greedy now. But uh, <laughs> why not? Because it's... Why not? 28 games to win that last trophy and it take us two more to win another one. Uh, we're coming out of the international break, but uh, we spoke last week. Uh, it was just before Canada was uh, set to take on Japan. Uh, didn't go uh, the best 4-0 defeat at the hands of, uh, of the Japanese side. That's a really quality side, mm-hmm. though. Uh, with Canada, 
is do you feel like there's a there's maybe a sense of transition like they've got really two important games against Jamaica coming yeah. up in November uh you know win there you go to the Copa America next year uh is there maybe a chance like like I was it was maybe on social media and whatnot but like is it maybe time that they move on from a, a Milan Borion uh, keeper yeah, as keeper for Canada and give like a, a Dane St. Clair, uh, you know, one of these younger guys, a, a real run uh, in, in the keeper. I'm not saying it's all on mm-hmm. Milan Borion, yeah. but it feels like, you know, the same with like Jonathan Osorio. Like there's, there's a lot of the old guards still hanging around and, and yeah, they should be here as long as they want. They were part of this to bring it up, but there's also a ton of youth in this country now that really is knocking on the door. Is it maybe time to give them a little bit more of a share of the play? Well, yeah, it's interesting. Well, I and I think we spoke about this last time. It was always going to be a transitional phase. Yep. And, I, and I don't think it's Maro Biello's job at this time to start cutting the herd if he's not going to be the future of it. Because yeah. he's, he's just bringing them in for now preparation for what's next. And if he does get the job, you know, and he might have a difference and say, right, actually, it's time to bring in this new crop. We have got a World Cup in two years. And, you know, is Borjan going to be old enough, young enough, good enough at that? Is he playing at the right level? Um, you know, he's, he, that that's probably what will happen with the strategy then. At this point, he's probably saying, right, you know, he's been a key cultural piece of where we're at. We are in a transitional phase. So let's try and keep it as calm as we can for these moments because the Jamaica double header is the most important one and you know I always I said this you know when Stefan Astakio was you know withdrew from the squad he's probably their most important player for yep. me outside of Alfonso Davies Jonathan David because of the way he controls that midfielder I don't think there's another midfielder like him for mm-hmm. the work he does and the possession and the ratting he does I think he's important and he's going to be important for the Jamaica games and then he'll make other players better around him so um, I think at this point it, it's a case of let's let's see where Canada Soccer's going with with their appointments. But uh, yeah, it is very much still a transitional phase, and I don't think it's one to be wheeled in any axis just yet mm-hmm. until there's a person with a strategy leading to the World Cup. Uh, like, I mean, let's say we're coming out of the international break. Obviously, you got a, a pretty big game uh, tomorrow, and, and perhaps one more uh, next weekend. But what's the TV schedule for you, like on the weekend? Do you do you like to dabble? Is it mainly Premier League, or do you like to just you know go all around Europe on Saturday and Sunday mornings? Yeah, I think because we've actually started our own fantasy football league with, oh, the, with nice. the, the uh, players and uh, and staff. So. I think we're all kind of hooked into the, the, the Premier League. But, you know, as a, as a football um, purist, I do like to watch the highlights of the Bundesliga and mm-hmm. La Liga. So I do like to follow that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm more dialed into the Premier League. And obviously, being an Everton fan, I get sucked into watching their <laughs> game. So, uh, but the good thing about Saturdays is, you know, you've got three games back-to-back, Sundays there. So there's always something to do. So there's always football going on in my house, that's for sure. Yeah, Everton, uh, Liverpool, little uh, little derby there action tomorrow. So uh, oh, I saw a bad stat. Only won once in what twenty eight games. So it's uh, it's not a good stat to have yeah. going into uh, this weekend. But uh, hey, that's what records are for, right? Yeah. They're there to be, meant broken. to be broken. Meant to be broken. Tommy, uh, best of luck tomorrow. Uh, I know we'll we'll be talking uh, throughout the off season and whatnot. But uh, best of luck tomorrow. Let's let's get to Hamilton and then bring home a North Star Cup. Eh? All right. Appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. No Bye. problem.